Chapter sixty three of American Scenery, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maggie Travers. American Scenery, Volume One by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Chapter sixty three Wilkes Bar, Vale of Wyoming. This beautiful town is situated on the eastern bank of the Susquehanna, opposite the village of Wyoming, celebrated in the Gertrude of Campbell. Like all the towns in this picturesque valley, it possesses fine points of picturesque beauty, and exhibits the thrift and agricultural prosperity which, all over the United States, contrast so strongly with the recent and unforgotten tales of the primitive wilderness. There is a book, of which many copies do not now exist, entitled Observations Made by John Bartram in his travels through Pennsylvania to the Lake Ontario, which presents a very wild picture of this part of the country in 1743. His companions were Mr. Wisar, a Mr. Evans, and a Delaware chief called Sikwalami, and the object of their journey was to reconcile some differences between the English and the different Indian nations on that frontier. The dignity of their character as envoys from the English procured for them a kind reception, and the sight of many ceremonies not commonly seen by travelers. On their arrival on the banks of the Susquehanna, they were entertained by a hunting party of Indians, who served them up a roasted bear. A propos to this, he describes the following superstition. As soon as the bear is killed, the hunter places the small end of his pipe in his mouth, and, by blowing in the bowl, fills the mouth and throat full of smoke. He then conjures the departed spirit of the bear not to resent the injured done to his body, nor to thwart his future sport in hunting. As he receives no answer to this, in order to know if his prayers have prevailed, he cuts the ligament under the bear's tongue. If these ligaments contract and shrivel up when cast into the fire, which is done with invocations and great solemnity, then it is esteemed a certain mark that the mains are appeased. On the next day's journey, still following the winding bank of the east branch of the Susquehanna, they arrived at an Indian village, where the natives welcomed them by beating a rude drum. Assisting them to unsaddle their horses, they invited them into the principal wigwam and cut long grass and laid it on the floor for them to sit upon. The chiefs then came in with their pipes, one of which, he says, was six feet long, with a stone head and a reed stem, and immediately after they were regaled with roast venison, of which the morsel of honor was the neck, given to them for their share, to Mr. Bartram's great dissatisfaction. A superstitious ceremony took place here, the description of which is rather curious. They cut a parcel of poles, which they stick in the ground in a circle of about five feet in diameter, and then bring them together at the top and tie them in the form of an oven. In this the conjurer placeth himself, and his assistants cover his cage over with blankets. To make it still more suffocating, hot stones are rolled in. The conjurer then cries aloud and agitates his body in the most violent manner, and when nature has lost almost all her faculties, the stubborn spirit becomes visible to him, generally in the shape of some bird. There is usually a stake driven into the ground about four feet high, 
and painted for the airy visitant to perch upon while he reveals what the invocant wisheth to know sometimes there is a bowl of water into which they often look when nearly exhausted to see whether the spirit is ready to answer their demands the next day he encounters another superstition on our left as we journeyed we perceived a hill where the indians told us that corn tobacco and squashes were found on the following occasion an indian of a distant tribe whose wife had eloped came hither to hunt intending with his skins to purchase another wife coming to this hill he espied a young squaw sitting alone going to her and inquiring whence she came she answered that she came from heaven to provide sustenance for poor indians and if he came to that place twelve months after he should find food there he came accordingly and found corn squashes and tobacco which were propagated from thence and spread through the country and this silly story is religiously held for truth among them he kept on up the valley of the susquehanna through the woods where as he describes it the tops of the trees for miles together were so close to one another that there is no seeing which way the clouds drive nor knowing which way the wind sets and it seems as if the sun had never shone on the ground beneath since the creation it is a description of a complete wilderness till he reaches the borders of lake ontario a tract of country that in ninety years from the time he wrote is seamed with railroads and canals and teeming with towns improvement and speculation end of chapter sixty three recording by maggie travers in casilla mississippi